in a world where there is the new year and the boys of big trouble every January, watch the Twilight Zone. It is a tradition that happens every year, and even with adversity, they still stick to their guns. Today's episode is Andy and Dub's episodes, Night of the Meek, an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge, the shelter, and time enough at last. So sit back and listen to Big Trouble in Little Podcast. Let me get it. Everybody, it is uh, December twelfth. Uh, it's a Tuesday, ten thirty-two p.m. Eastern time. This is when we're recording. It is episode two hundred and sixty-seven of Big Trouble Little Podcast. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. Jazz. I'm Zach. And Zach is back. Uh, I I was trying to think if I should do like a Rod Sterling like intro. It'd be like a man who once was. Uh, in a car, ended up in a car crash, and then ended up into the Twilight Zone or something like that. But I was not too creative, and I was tired. So <laughs> hey, that, that, that could be a PP Dubs thing. Yeah, that could be a PP Dubs thing. Maybe. Yeah, that, that is true. We're not doing this a lot. Yeah, there it is. Welcome back, Zach. We're glad. You know, nothing like too serious happened, but you're here. You're alive and in color. Yeah, for this for this one one recording i think (laughs) yes it's a tradition uh every january because this is when the episodes will be going out in january we love to watch twilight zone because usually in january there's twilight zone marathons it always happens on christmas eve and also new year's eve or the new year's week i think they do it sometimes now or if you have Peacock or one of those free TV shit that you have on your uh, smart TVs, I think they have a, a channel dedicated to Twilight Zone, so you can always watch it. Um, but anyway, me and Andy are having two episodes each. He chose Season 2, Episode 11, Night of the Meek. And then he chose Season 5, Episode 22, An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. And I chose Season 3, Episode 3, The Shelter. In season one, episode eight, time enough at last. So I guess we'll uh, we'll go based off of how we had the picks. So Andy, let's get into Night of the Meek. So does anybody want to say anything about the like highs and lows for this? I, if I remember correctly, it's one of the guys from the Honeymooners, right, playing Santa Claus. I don't know for sure, honestly. Let me go research that, but Andy, take it away. Uh, this I, I've always liked this episode. I, I've brought it up years past when we talk about Twilight Zone, but we do it in January. When you know you're you're hearing this in January, obviously it's not Christmas time anymore, but we're recording in December, so I, I kind of seized upon the opportunity to choose this episode. I watch this episode nearly every year. Like we talked about stuff that's in our rotation um, holiday season wise. And this is one of mine. I really like watching this episode every Christmas. It it kind of, um, 
it, uh, it it strikes a chord as far as people are always um ultra pessimistic about oh Christmas is too commercialized now and I hate Christmas and blah 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 and like I get it but this this strikes the nice balance between yes that's a problem but also there's still this goodwill toward men kind of mentality to the whole thing. Yeah, and it, it was uh, we call it uh, the guy from the Honeymooners, Art Carney was Santa Claus. Aha, uh-huh. damn, yeah. It, it, that episode, it it always strikes me like he always hits me in the feels because you have this guy. That, like I'm guessing, is this around the Great Depression time or just people were? It's I assumed it was supposed to be taking place when it aired, right? Like the late fifties. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't recall yeah. him saying it was any specific time. Yeah, I, I think it yeah. was just contemporary to its its airing date. That's how I took it, based on what you see in the episode. Like, yeah. I don't think there was anything specific. Like, they didn't change like what they wear or anything specific to make it look older. Yeah. So I, I took it for face value of it being the time it aired. So it's just the you know the haves and the have-nots, pretty much. And I mean, yeah, there's always been poverty. Yeah. Uh, so like. You watch this, you see like this drunk Santa, and like <laughs> automatically, I think about uh, you know the Bo- uh, Billy Bob Thornton movie, Bad Santa. And I'm like, oh great, now we have a drunk Santa. But like, there's a reason why he's drunk. He's like, you know, living in poverty, seeing children in poverty, and all that stuff. Uh, and he wants to always give people gifts and everything. Uh, the real like kind of villain, but then kind of like <laughs> you kind of like him at the end is that uh, store salesman uh, manager guy. Uh, sort of. Like- I mean, in his defense, uh, his Santa did turn up very drunk and an hour late. Like I, I kind of get where he's coming from when he when he gives him a dressing down and fires him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Unfortunately. <laughs> And then he's like, oh, but I'm so sad because I want to give all these children gifts and stuff. It's like, well, yeah, but you, know, you still shouldn't turn up to work like blind stick and drunk. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it sits, though. Like, they set the mood for why like, both sides are justified. It's just a conflict of the two sides. It's not, not anyone's fault, necessarily. Like, he makes the action of going there drunk, but in his words, you either sob, or I can either weep, or I can drink. And drinking's more subtle. Although mm-hmm. the way he did it, I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I got mad again because every time I watch like movies and TV shows, like people don't finish their food, and I'm just like, you're leaving your food, you fuck, <laughs> you finish your food, because uh, he has that that sandwich that he didn't finish and stuff, uh, and then he tried to like steal the bottle, and like the guy like was threatening to kill him <laughs> pretty much, uh, and I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, like I also like that he tried to do the. We all worked in retail before. Uh, Chad, have you worked in retail before? I, you, be- I'm I'm in medicine. Of course, I, I am in retail. I am the retail. <laughs> yeah, but yes, worked in retail previously. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I've been a fast food worker. I I worked in a store where I had to not stop people stealing stuff, but also stop them. Yeah, stealing clothes. I've done all that. It's real fun. Yeah. So you you know like the. Uh, the retail thing where a customer gets angry and then says, I want to talk to your manager and you, you know, talk to the manager. And then like, you have the excuse, well, I would have told her, you know, how I really felt and how this was supposed to go on. And like the manager's like, no, the customer's always right. You're fired. And <laughs> that's what pretty much happened to him. I mean, again, yes, he showed up 
pissed drunk um and he was an hour late so that is wrong of him uh but that's where the twist kind of happens uh twilight zone always has a twist or something paranormal where he's like falling down in the alleyway and then he finds the sack uh and it's filled with like whatever people want <laughs> so he's well, going to to back up a little it he specifically wishes for that exact thing in his yes. his like speech. He he goes on about how he's so sad and he he just wants to give a good Christmas to the people that are that the meek that are in need that never have a chance to have a day. So he wants a giant sack full of the presents and he can just make those kids happy for one day. And yeah. that then that's exactly what he finds. Yeah, I, that's where I uh, get a little confused a little bit with the writing because he wishes that right for the kids. And he's been like talking about the kids, but the first people he goes to is like, I, 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 what is that place that he goes to? Is that like a an AA meeting that they're all like singing? <laughs> like it's just like a church, maybe uh, yeah. not not a church, but I, there's 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 a what is she? It's a sister of the whatever. Someone's like a mission getting... shelter or something. Yeah, it's kind of what I took it. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of think it's a it's a place for people to go when they have nowhere else to go. Yeah, yeah. So like he gives his friends, you know, stuff, uh, and then obviously uh, that bitch of a lady who is mad that probably she got interrupted with her crappy fucking singing, uh, and went to go get the police officer, uh, and police officer arrests Santa, and then this is where I kind of like so the guy from the department store comes in and he's like, yep, those are my items. Like, no, <laughs> like, so you're, so you're just going to do this falsification of uh, arrest because you, you hate it that he came an hour late, pissed drunk. So you want him arrested for theft, which when, which I thought was funny because the next scene he, goes to take out the items and it's garbage. <laughs> he he had a bone to pick with this guy. Yeah. yeah. I didn't take it like that aside, I also just took it to be they needed a vehicle for him to show why he what he didn't actually steal items. So the logical thought was okay, this drunk Santa just got fired and left this place and suddenly now has a bunch of items that he, this guy would otherwise sell in his department store. So to me, it kind of just made sense. He just jumped to the conclusion without really proving that his stuff was stolen. Mm -hmm. uh, just the assumption of it rather than, oh, I'll just I'll lie and throw this guy under the bus. Like, I think he really believes he stole it from him. He just didn't have the proof yet. He just jumped to that because, oh, he's a drunk and I just fired him. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Zach, what about you? Uh, what do you what do you have to say about this episode so far? Um, I guess episode excuse me i had a little water in me uh <laughs> yeah this is an episode i remember watching like back when i binged the show originally when they used to play it for ad nauseum on like the sci-fi channel um i could have sworn when we were getting ready to watch these like i thought we watched this one already for some reason i just strongly felt like we already watched this episode because i've i've talked about it more than maybe more. that was it yeah <laughs> Well, I think we talked about it, and Twilight Zone loves to use the same studio set. If you remember, the alleyway is like the same alleyway. Anthony Hopkins, the guy who like was the neo-Nazi who was talking to Hitler, like that's pretty much the same set. The town squares were used too, like mm -hmm. um, the front of the police station and and all that. That's reused. 
Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, this is like a good classic episode, I think. Uh, a Christmas one, too, no less. There's not very many of those. That might be the only one, actually. Mm. Uh, but uh, I did notice something kind of weird when I was watching this, where uh, I don't think they have the original film reel for this episode, at least when I watched it on Paramount+. Plus it seemed like they got it off of like some other kind of recording or something. Cause the quality is like way different from all the other ones. Yeah. This one always looks like trash and I've watched it multiple different places over the years. It just always looks bad. It's like a capture from the broadcast or something. I don't know. It looks like it's off of like a, like a, a VHS tape almost. I'm sure it's like a really good high quality one. But that's kind of like what it looks like. It like had, it had like a soap opera feel to it. Like everything was moving so quick as far as the frame rate. Yeah, like all, all that stuff was like way different. And but like I don't know, that's just something I noticed watching this one. And I, and I was like, oh yeah, this is, this one episode is like it looks different from all the other ones. I guess they lost the original reel or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I have a box set of Twilight Zone, but. It's not convenient for me to watch it right now, obviously. So, oh, you can't just like stand up and walk over and get it. Yeah, I can't like walk <laughs> and, and at all. So you know, <laughs> uh, I sailed the seas and it still had the same thing. So it's just, I guess, something happened to it, and they probably did some fuckery to edit it or something. I don't know. A lost episode. Yeah. yeah, I mean, rather than like Edward's kind of breaking down the episode in general, I thought it was a, a really good episode. I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the fact that um, anytime I can't fully predict whatever I'm going to run into watching a Twilight Zone episode, I like it, and it had the added benefit of doing something pleasant at the end. Yeah. So it, it wasn't jarring and sad, and it and I didn't expect it because I was waiting for them to pull the rug out from under me and be, do something like really mean, mm-hmm. like the, the, the asshole genie or something. Oh, you get to do this for a day and then you're back to your, your, you know, life in the doldrums. He's in like jail a, or he's like in yeah. a ditch or yeah. 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 I, I assume the setting was Philadelphia because a cop arrested Santa Claus and, and fuck the Phillies and the Eagles <laughs> and, and just Philadelphia in general, that they're like the meanest people to Santa Claus. You so, mean like the next episode we're going to talk about after this one, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like every other episode is a bummer, and like at the end, it's like, oh, oh. But sometimes it is. Sometimes it's still satisfying when it's a bummer. That's why um, I love Night of the Meek so much, and why I like to watch it each year around this time is because it's it's such a surprise. Not only does it have a pleasing ending and like a nice message, and it's optimistic, but also um, we're talking about a series. That is, you know, it's an anthology series based on like, you know, high concept sci-fi premises or, you know, horrific premises or stuff like that. And then this one's just about like a guy who wants to be Santa Claus and then is Santa Claus. It, it is cool. <laughs> I, I will agree. I, I enjoyed it so much. Like, I, it, I think it now becomes a part of my rotation of things I watch in the Christmas rotation. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. So. So, what do you think happened there with that, though? Where, yeah, like, I, I, I tried to think about that in a sense, because, like, is it Santa Claus that he just, like, wanted to become a human Philadelphian for, for like, for, like a, a day? And he, like, oh, shit, I'm Santa Claus. And, like, the elf had to remind him, and then he got I back. I assume it's it. that thing where, like, Santa Claus has been around for centuries, 
and like the magic of Santa just always finds the right person to fill the role, and he's the right person. Like a James Bond. He's like James Bond. Yeah, like or, the Santa Claus. Or, in fact, exactly like that. Yeah. Like Santa Claus or a destroyer god. Like you, ha- you have to replace him eventually. <laughs> Is that another fucking uh, Dragon, Dragon Ball Z? Ball <laughs> Spoilers: Vegeta is going to be the next destroyer of Universe Seven, and so it's uh, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, I ultimately, I'm with Andy. Like, I love this because of optimistic ending, uh, and I, I'm trying to like think in my head. I don't think there is like another Christmas episode. Like, I, can't I really recall one. I really have to, like researched this because well, I think there's like, mentions of it and like it's like the day after Christmas but never on Christmas. Yeah, I think yeah. some of them have Christmas as a setting but not as a theme. Yeah. Yeah. Which I watched these in a weird order. I actually watched them in the order of when they aired rather than when you guys picked them. I don't know why I did it that way. Just like more convenient to do that on. Oh, I I, I watched I watched uh, Owl Creek Bridge and then both of Dub's picks and then Night of the Meek. I put yeah, it had I record. only known had <laughs> I only known that's what I would have done. But I think the order I had to watch them was Dub's one of Dub's picks, this one another one of Dub's picks, and then Occurrence at oh, Owl yeah. Creek. That, yeah, so if you did a good job of balancing it. Uh, oh no, not me! I went high with no. Night of the Meek, and then I just fucking crashed. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I saw, I saw what Dubs had picked, like two like heavy classics, like two like of the of the most iconic episodes. But they're both like, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch Night of the Meek last. I, I'm yeah, I, I couldn't recall blind. ever having seen Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge before, so I didn't know what I was getting into with that one. Okay, well, let, let I'm, I'm guessing. Like, do we need to do a roundtable? I yeah, I recommend it. Rec- yeah. Recommend it. I highly recommend. Yeah. It's one of my yeah. favorite episodes so far. Uh, and you did a good job balancing. Since we're jumping right to the next episode, I just want to take the very first word and give you a very kind and genuine, friendly fuck you for picking this next episode. Uh, <laughs> Isn't <that> I, great? <laughs> I, I binge watch all of these like pretty late, so it was already like two a.m. when I was watching this one because it was the last episode I watched. And then I didn't sleep, so thank you for that. It <laughs> fucked with me. Uh, so yeah, that was great, dude. That like obviously we're talking about now the uh, an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. Uh, yes. And by the way, like we had Rod Serling um, automatically in the beginning. He's like, "Oh, this is like a French film." Uh, I guess he they found it at the film festival, and they signed it to you know this this episode yeah it was the winner of the 1962 Cannes film festival that short, explains everything short film but it's it's around about um it, it, it the journey it takes to become an episode of the twilight zone is still really interesting because it is based on an american short story it's written by an american author about the american civil war and then this french studio made it into a short and showed it at Cannes, and then they saw it and said, we're going to buy the distribution rights to this, edited it slightly for television, and then it became an episode of The Twilight Zone. It's just weird. It's it's weird. It's strange. That's kind of cool, though. That's that's kind of cool. This is the only instance of The Twilight Zone, at least in its original airing, that they did that, that they bought distribution rights for something foreign. They they didn't. Otherwise, they always made stuff in-house, obviously. Yeah, it's really, like, there's like a slight Twilight Zone esque uh, as far as like 
the gotcha moment, the twist moment. But like, yeah, it's not very Twilight Zoney, except the fuck you at the end, pretty much. Yeah, and uh, I gotta like. Obviously, it's very artsy fartsy. Um, I wouldn't it, say very. No, it was. <laughs> I, it, what's funny is I didn't know about all his French film shit. I guess I just like it missed his intro. But like, as I was watching this, it like, just feels like really French. And I was starting to like dislike it almost immediately. After Some of the actors are French people doing English. So it kind of like the, the affect kind of starts coming into it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, or artsy for Twilight Zone, I'll say. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Uh, I will say, like, there is wonderful shots in the film. Like, it has a ton of dolly shots. They really like rolling the camera along rails. <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> uh, didn't know the creek was that fucking deep, by the way. But then again, was it? Know, yeah, it was a dream. <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought uh, that too. I was like, that's a deep ass creek. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in the beginning, it went too fast, but maybe you can guys reiterate and maybe you guys will know a little bit more history. But it said, like, anybody messing with the railroad gets hanged. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They It was like um, it, it, in the short story, the area has been occupied by the Union Army. And they've they've said anyone fucking with the railroads or, you know, like public transportation is going to be just hung immediately. And. In the short story, he is, I can't remember, he's like convinced against his will to go to go fuck with the bridge. They're like, oh, if you don't do this, then they're going to um, kill your family or burn down your house or something like that. So he goes and does it. But you learn all this in a flashback or something. Um, the, the original short story is, I think, pretty interesting. I didn't find, I couldn't read the whole thing. I just got to read a synopsis. And the original version of the film from France that they like edited is actually like 10 minutes longer and it has some extra stuff like that in it. But yeah, in a, in a nutshell, he was a saboteur and the union army was going to hang him for okay. trying to blow up the railroad bridge or something. Because you don't get that context. All you get is like the, the beginning part and then you just see him getting, you know, hung by the union and you're just like, all right, I get you showed us a sign, but was it that bad? Yeah, <laughs> like, it was. It's supposed to be like that. This man is hungry kind of film trick. They show you the sign and then this guy's getting executed. And you're supposed to be like, oh, he did the thing. Now he's getting executed, I guess. But yeah. And then like they uh, because I guess you're kind of seeing it from his point of view of maybe daydreaming before. It's kind of like the whole thing, like when you die uh, or when you're about to die, you kind of see flashes of your family and your past. If you remember that, like interstellar, remember when fucking Matt Damon was talking to like, do you see your family? That's survival and all that stuff. So I wonder if that's like what the guy was going through. I guess they uh, did a bunch of experiments that like when you die, the brain, like there's a ton of activity in the brain and that they hypothesize that that's what it is. It's that yeah. kind of like flight of fancy kind of nonsense. Yeah. Cause I, I did get an like, I appreciated, you know, some of the shots in this and appreciate what they were trying to do with that short story. But at the same time, I was also like, can we get a move on? <laughs> like what? Like then it goes like into this like weird. And I get it. They're like they're trying to do with the brain thing. Cause he's like, he's running away and they all have like these demon deep voice while they're shooting them. It's like slow motion. Yeah. That was really shitty. They should, they yeah. should have just done a real motion. <laughs> that was yeah. awful. Yeah. 
The actors are all like trying to act like they're moving in slow motion. Like this looks bad. (laughs) And then like they have the worst aim possible, where they like had a fucking line of soldiers like aim and shoot at him like at like five feet. (laughs) Well, two things: he drifts behind some trees, and that saves him. And two, it's all imaginary. That shit didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, that is the point. Like, just no different than well, he wouldn't have they they wouldn't have had him fall into the water anyway. The point was for him to be hung. So, yeah. like from the very beginning, the disbelief of well, whatever happened is gone. Yeah, the rope. Mm-hmm. So, like the rope breaks, he falls into a creek that clearly is way deeper than you would expect it to be. Uh, suddenly, it's like rapids. <laughs> he gets loose from his his binds. They miss him. They miss him with a cannon. They he plays him with that a song. cannon again. He doesn't drown. It's like it, it's more and more outrageous, but that's that's what makes it like a fun, adventurous story until you realize that it's all like you know, all, it was all a dream while he's dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's what it is. <laughs> I know it's just that's... that is it's a it's that weird like vivid like last moment of thinking through. It, it'd be like if you were on a plane knowing you're going to crash. It's like the last moment you may have, aside from just having the thoughts of your family or whatever. Like if you had some weird fantastical vision of you doing something to stop whatever happens. And then you crash. Cause clearly you, you weren't going to kick the, the door out and then like jump and then throw something down to break the waters fall. So that when you fall into the water, you don't yeah. actually die. You know, it's, it's that whole like hy- hypothetical daydreamy kind of nonsense. And it's, I think it's all oh, like get, get loose and they wouldn't be able to shoot me for some reason. Oh. Yeah. I, I like ultimately I did enjoy this episode. I can tell you guys didn't as much. I it's not my favorite, not even by a long shot. When I read about it, I thought, oh, this episode's gonna be really cool. And it, it was kind of cool. I like um the minimal uh dialogue approach. Mm-hmm. I do enjoy that a whole lot. But yeah. I so I, I made the joke about the not liking it, but I just the ending was jarring and just messed with me, but that doesn't mean I it, it was disturbing, but I, I actually really liked it. I, I like the the, uh, the episode itself, uh, because exactly what you said, they they let just the actual story play out rather than there being much uh, dialogue. Like you just take in what you're seeing. Yeah. Um, it also probably helped that I was getting fairly tired at that point. I was I was kind of like half asleep, and I'm watching this, so I'm not like putting all the effort into thinking what what's actually happening here. What's the twist? So or the others, I like kind of predicted. Oh, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. So this one, I wasn't really doing that. I was just kind of falling along passively and then very jarring ending and i'm like oh shit what so i had to go back and be like oh no that that fucked with me i just didn't like it because it it was not twilight zone enough for me uh like like the only thing that was twilight zone is like the big fuck you at the end where he's like oh because he he does the whole like he's with his family and then all of a sudden (laughs) it's too bad this couldn't have been an episode of the night gallery yeah, it yeah. probably works better because that's kind of that was one of the, my main criticism of it too. Is it, it just did not feel like the show at all. It didn't at all. Yeah, no, yeah, nope. I, I thought so too. Um, I wondered after watching it, I wondered if maybe they didn't do this and they liked doing it and they were proud of it, and that was part of what made them say, "Oh, we should we should stop, um, you know, pigeonholing ourselves into this sci-fi, uh, you know." with a message nonsense and just do night gallery and just like, you know, kind of throw the doors open and do whatever we want. Uh, maybe I wondered if maybe this was part of that, that thinking, but I mean, ultimately uh, there's not a whole lot to say about it 
besides what we've said, again, I, I, I recommend every episode of the Twilight Zone. So, I mean, it's really kind of a dull point at this point, but I did like it. I liked it. It, it was fun. It's not my favorite, but it's good. Yeah. I, I give it a very, like, very light recommendation because I love Twilight Zone and I recommend everybody watch every episode, uh, because at least once, because I think, you know, the show, this series will ahead of its time. And I think they just wanted to like showcase this. Uh, yeah. I think this should have been like a bonus kind of thing. Like, I don't know, maybe like a holidays special or like when they're not having during the time. I mean, when they're airing these like, oh, uh, you know, everybody's on vacation. Here's something from a French studio. <laughs> like maybe they did do that. And I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. But I give it a very light recommendation. Yeah, I, I recommend it. I, I thought, I thought, thought like, as it stands on its own, it's good. I, I do agree, it does feel detached. But again, they say that at the beginning. It's it's something they tried that was different. And this was what? This is near the end of the run of the original series, right? This is the last mm-hmm. season, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it, it kind of makes sense they were trying a couple different things. So I, I think it was it was pretty good. I'd be interested in watching the French film. Yeah, like I said, it's a little bit longer. I think it's on YouTube. I I, I was uh, looking for it today, and I got distracted from watching it, and then I just kind of ran out of time. So I said, ah, whatever, who cares? (laughs) Zach, what about you? We'll be the odd man out here. I don't recommend it. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I just just didn't like it, because it didn't feel like Twilight Zone. And to me, it's like, it's devoid of everything that makes the show good, in my opinion. Yeah. Like what uh, people I, actually like about the show, it's not in this episode. None of it's there. Yeah, I, Ron Charlie was there. Yeah, hey, <laughs> he, was, he was there for like fifteen seconds, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> um, I, I I do have to admit, like because there was no dialogue, like it did have a creepy eerie to it a little there's, bit. There's been episodes of the show where there's like almost no dialogue. I picked one. I, one of my episodes, there's like almost, there's like zero dialogue in it almost until like the end or something. I still laugh at that episode just for different reasons, but we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, like, yeah, that, that's pretty much, that was the gist of me not really enjoying it any. Like I was just sitting there watching it. And I'm like, I was just thinking about like, I've heard people talk about like why they don't like this show. And to me, this episode kind of almost epitomizes like everything that people hate about it. <laughs> it was the shaggy dog story. They like condense everything down into it's just a story where you think something happens and it didn't happen at all. And that's like what this whole episode is with like nothing else in it almost at all. Oh, so it's a fucking Black Mirror episode. Great. <laughs> kind of, or it's kind of like or the, the third X-Men movie. What? I, Spoilers. I oh, did not God. claim that I like any of those things. For the <laughs> I think we but, should talk about time enough to last next and save the shelter for last. Okay. <laughs> save the shelter for last. All right. Uh, so, um, fuck. What's his name? The actor? Burgess always... Meredith. Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith. Thunder and crap lightning. Honestly, he makes this episode. It's an interesting premise. But I think without him in it, it would just be an okay episode. But with him in it, it's like a transcendental episode. Every episode that has Burgess Meredith in it's great. Because he always kills it. Yeah, it's funny because I think the last year when he was the devil, like we said the Pretty same devil. thing. 
like if he wasn't in there, it would have been just a, a mid episode. Yeah. I mean, this uh, one would be like above average. It's a cool, it's an interesting story. I like, I like the twist at the end. Obviously it's like one of the most iconic. It's like that. And there's something on the wing and a few other things are what people remember from the show, but his performance in it keeps you entertained throughout up till that fun twist at the end. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's totally fair. Actually, this is one of the episodes that I know from pop culture outside of Twilight Zone. So I watched it and immediately knew what was going to happen because I've watched Futurama. Futurama, exactly right. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, at least I can read Braille. And then his hands fall off. Oh, it's still <laughs> the funniest thing to me that they go over the top with the exact same story, but then just add the whole hands falling off. And he's like, that's not fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I The one like positive thing I'll say say about this like the outcome that happens in that movie is his fucking wife dies <laughs> i fucking hated his wife uh oh, yes. oh so suzanne watched this episode with me and she's like sitting there because she's upset about something else and passively she's just giving her own commentary and she's like man his wife's a real cunt and <laughs> <laughs> i was like jesus suzanne i didn't mean to sleep but what okay <laughs> it, it's funny because like She's like, why don't you read me something? And he's like, oh, great. I I waited for this moment all my life. And he opens up and sees it. Like, fuck. Oh, yeah. That's the moment she said that because Suzanne's also an avid reader. So she saw that. And she was like, fuck that bitch. <laughs> like, I was waiting for her to be like, what the fuck is your problem? And then like hit her in the mouth or something. Like yeah. Yeah. Why are you like this? <laughs> Why are you like this? <laughs> and then just back he just like puts his fist through the drywall. I don't like, I know that was just supposed to like set up. It's like, Oh, this guy can't get, catch a break. He can't read. But like, I couldn't help but sit there and think like, why is it so bad that he just wants to come home and like read? Yeah. Leave him alone for God's sake. <laughs> I, I guess did. that's like the video games back in the day. <laughs> like, what, what, yeah, it, it could be worse. He could be hiding from his wife in a bar. Like, you know, that's the other stereotype, you know? It's mm-hmm. it's yeah. uh, it, her marking out all the pages. That's the equivalent of that meme where the, the, the woman's like, she was paying, he was paying too much attention to his game. So I did this. And it's like a Grand Theft Auto disc snapped in half or something. All my cards were gone and, and Pokemon files deleted. Fuck! Like that. It's, it's equivalent. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So like, obviously, I mean, he does have a problem. He's at like at work and he's like miscounting. He's a bank teller and shit. And he's like reading fucking, uh, Charles Dickinson. Um, I forgot the David book. Copperfield. He was. David da- Copperfield. David Copperfield. Yep. And he's like fucking explaining the plot, and the, the lady's like, "I just want my money, <laughs> and you you shortchange me, give me my shit." He's like, "Oh dear, I got it. Here you go." And then he starts to like go back to his plot, and he just she's gone, gone with the wind. Uh, but anyway, like what happens is. The nukes go up. He goes into the vault to go read because that's where he's going to go read on his break time. And while he's in the vault, the bombs go off and stuff. And uh, he opens up the vault, which I find strange. Like a nuke goes off like it. The bomb landed in that city, right? Presumably. I, yes. I think I think part of this is it was written in a time when the public didn't fully understand what was going to happen when the bombs dropped. Yeah, yeah, because they just say the same can be said for time enough, or uh, same can be said for the shelter too. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, because he opens up the vault, no problem. Because he left it open. Because one, you need fucking air in the vault, so you can't just have that shit closed. Uh, so he opens it up. Uh, he gets out, <laughs> not worried about radiation at all. Again, <laughs> Starts, they didn't. Whoever yeah. wrote this, what didn't know about that? Yeah. So he's like, "Oh, great! You know, I have all the time in the world. Uh, have all this food." He's like in a grocery store, sitting <laughs> next to his shelf, like one shelf with like all the cans in there. Just pulling yeah. loose crackers out of a box. I was like, oh, "Try all the cancer, I guess." Yeah. <laughs> and then he like sleeps in the middle of nowhere. Like my Fallout brain, like fucking automatically yeah. goes. I was like, "Oh shit, you better. What are you doing, brother?" I can hear the rads. <laughs> yeah, the rad noise was just going off in my head. And then, then that Fallout trailer dropped, and that didn't help matters either. Just... Yeah, Dub, Dub's all pissed. He, he's fucking. There's like six bottle caps. There's like all this trash and shit over here. The guy's not picking up. What a fucking loser! He's not picking up any of his scraps. You need that. I'm, wait, I'm like, why are you going to sleep? A mutant will fucking get you, you stupid idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, he, you know, he finds a car. He goes to. He finds the library and stuff. And then he's like, "Holy shit, this is heaven!" Uh, and then he like says. You know, here's Charles Dickinson, here's Robert Frost. I'm just naming authors at this point. And he like puts him in a stack and he like goes, I have all the time in the world while he has this big ass clock in front of him. I'm like, that was funny. Uh, and then he drops his book and he goes to grab it in the most odd fucking way possible where he's like bending straight over and his glasses fall out. He's an odd uh, guy. Yeah. And he breaks his glasses and he just. Oh, I have to make, like, because before he finds the library, he was going to kill himself. He had a gun in his hand and stuff. He's lonely. Uh, so <laughs> after the glasses, I'm like, well, time to find that gun. <laughs> I wonder, like, I, I think they were trying to portray that more time had passed. Like, I, it, it, The way it looks, it's been, like, you know, 18 hours since the bomb dropped. He's like, well, time to kill myself, I guess. <laughs> it's like, Give it a little more time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, like, that's the twist, like, is he can't, you know, read anymore. But, like, at the same time, I'm like, maybe you could find, I don't know, since you found shit like that was laying around and still intact, maybe you could find an eyeglass fucking store and get new glasses. I mean, all you have is time, right? That's all he has, literally. Like, if, if his eyesight is so pathetically terrible that he can't read at any distance the book then how the hell is he going to be, like, feeding himself or getting around or <laughs> doing not. anything else? It, like, it, the, it, at the front of your mind, you're thinking, oh, he can't read anymore. That's tragic. But at the back of your mind is like, oh, he's just doomed. He's, he's just doomed. Like, someone he's might as well have gouged anyway. his eyeballs out because he, my he's glasses. just take care of himself. <laughs> I can't see anything without my glasses. It's just, it's I mean, he had like literally Coke bottle glasses, like that. That he did uh, stereotype. So it's like you know that guy, that motherfucker has like special prescription lenses. Yeah, he looked like bubbles from from TPB. I was waiting for him to pull out a cat and like it's a fucking good kitty right here. Come on, kitty, let's go find some books. (laughs) (laughs) He just reminds me of like the old people from fucking SpongeBob and stuff, like with the chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> the young people. How many times do we have to tell you, old man? <laughs> so, do you think he just he eventually is just going to starve to death, or like eventually he's going to crawl and I don't know, eat a rock or something, or do you think he's going to kill himself? Like, let's say, like, 
But he's, you know, he's definitely going to starve. But if he can find that gun, he's going to kill himself. Yeah. So, <laughs> I haven't looked. I don't want to be, you know, morbid about it, but I mean. Is there a modern adaptation? Read. Is there a modern adaptation of this one? No, that's. Oh, yeah. I think Jordan Peele is still doing Twilight Zone, so maybe they'll do it yeah. eventually. Uh, I, I could see. I could see a really cool take on this being that because I mean, there's so many different ways you could do it now, but because like he's if he's alone because of an apocalypse, again the radiation thing comes into play. It doesn't have to be that he breaks his glasses. He actually could get a while where he gets to be in a bit of paradise for a short period of time, and then because he's unaware of whatever radiation or nonsense, he gets something that a tumor that causes him to no longer be able to see or he gets glaucoma. Yeah. He gets glaucoma or he gets, uh, or he turns into a super mutant. Well, he, he can also like, develop like he, terrible. He short second memory head, loss. Is his wife. No. <laughs> or let's do a good lore here. Let's make it a good ending. He finds the lady that like he shortchanged and like, uh, they become good friends and they become an item and she reads to him. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. Although, that's... to be fair, they, they'd probably do something with technology, so it would probably be something more crippling on that. No, like, it would oh, be, so, it'd be something like, oh, I had time to scroll on Facebook now, but there's no electricity or some, some, something. Yeah, yeah. Wi-Fi, no! <laughs> Where's my 5G? <laughs> I, I can't use Google Translate to read all my hentai now. God damn it. <laughs> no, Pornhub's gone. I can't use Pornhub or Cornhub. No. I swear. Yeah. It's not fair. Oh, man. All right. Well, I this is a classic. Uh, this is like one of the things I always remember when I think of Twilight Zone is this fucking episode. Uh, it's clearly like one of my top tens, but maybe that might change later on. Uh just because it's so like because I watched it so many times, it's kind of like too predictable. And the plot is like short. If you think about it, it's like he's yeah. a bank teller. He uh, goes to his wife. His wife is cunt. Uh, and then the bomb goes off and then he tries to kill himself. And then his glasses fall off the end. It's more about like the what happens and then the why or the how. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all built upon the end. Which, yeah, what kind of sucks? It's like it's not like this person deserves like the bad luck or misfortune that's put on him. It's it's just <laughs> like there's not really a lesson from this one either. It's just some poor schmuck that just got stuck in like the worst situation possible. It'd yeah. be like if if he you know he had a genie and he got a wish and he was like yeah I wish I wish I had more time to read the guy bombed the rest of the world. Oh, I was thinking. It's not a genie. It's a it's a monkey's paw. Monkey paw. Yeah, monkey, yeah. yeah, yeah. Monkey paw's perfect. Yeah, he's exactly that. Yeah, just okay. I just figure Rod Serling is part of the JV fucking football team, and he's like, I'm gonna fucking write about this nerd who likes to read. <laughs> and then the fucking nerd. <laughs> and then the bomb goes off, and his fucking glasses break. Nerd. <laughs> and that's how it ends. And then someone gives him a wedgie and he dies. Yeah. <laughs> he dies in a locker alone. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you guys do? You guys recommend it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, of course. It's exactly. a quintessential Twilight Zone episode. This is like one of the ones you think of. Speaking yeah. of one of the ones you think of, uh, The Shelter. Yes. And then, and also speaking of. I learned about this episode from or I learned about this episode from an animated show. Now they changed the ending, but uh, the Simpsons did the shelter. Oh, yeah, really? I remember. It, it, they changed it though because it's uh, it's it's Ned Flanders 
fallout shelter and everyone guilts him and he lets them all in and then they shove him out of his own fallout shelter because <laughs> it's poor ned so this episode makes me hate people um yeah exactly yeah. right <laughs> because after knowing about you know what happens in this episode when you watch it like for the like for me it's like the hundredth time but like when you watch it and you listen to them at the dinner table uh or while they're having cake you see the smugness before they get into like before the supposed russian missile that's coming their way you're just like these motherfuckers they're just like they're, they're the neighborhood fucking mayors that, that love to talk a lot and all that stuff and do these barbecues and block parties block parties and all that stuff um but they're all having you know cake for the doctor and they're just like you know without you doctor we wouldn't have this and stuff and you know <laughs> you're i've been hearing that hammer all day would building that bomb shelter that's never it's gonna happen door in the world yeah uh, we'll get there we'll get there um he was almost there he had a good idea it just wasn't yeah, executed well like it, it was all good and like the door was coming in next week or something he got like one of those cut rate bomb shelters he cheaped <laughs> out yeah. yeah i was so uh, close he was like doing a mr beast fucking challenge be like stay in this bomb shelter for how long gotta do is build a sub basement that was the thing he didn't I, do that I mean, the whole thing reminds me of. There's a a story, uh, a children's story or a fable that's a, that's like this. It's something in the grasshopper. I can't remember the other animal. Squirrel, Ooh. maybe. Ant, ant, the grasshopper. Effectively, grass. I think it's. I think it's ant and grasshopper. The ants. Are you, are you talking about Bugs Life? No, but that's that that kind of is that, but it's a whole different. The a bug's life is actually the fucking communist manifesto. We, yeah, we won't even get into that shit. But uh, that's a whole different thing. Uh, like if you watch that, you're like, oh shit, everything I've been taught. Oh no. Then you watch Animal Farm, and you're like, no, okay, I'm fixed. Like I do need to control the means of production. <laughs> yeah. Just a little. Sorry. Uh, and control. and control, exactly. Uh, so, but the story goes that the grasshopper doesn't want to take the time to prepare for winter. So then the other the other animal, or what like I said, if it's an ant, prepares the whole time. And then because of that, at the end, when winter comes, it's really harsh. The grasshopper begs, and they're like, nope, sorry, you're out. And then the grasshoppers die out in the cold, wither away, and the others are alive. But this is the added twist of, oh, with humans, no, they would mob together very angrily and and also make sure that they they, they keep it white, because let's, let's be racist. And then uh, they would just go and raid in and, and fucking kill the ant and take all of its stuff, and then everyone would die, because that's that's what would happen here. Uh, so, uh, I thought that was really fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it really struck a nerve to me when the guy was like, you're a doctor, you're supposed to save people. I was like, fuck you, buddy! I didn't shot that guy in the face. <laughs> I don't have to yeah, do that's, anything. That's something else's bomb shelter was missing, a goddamn yeah. shotgun. <laughs> the guy <laughs> had the nerve to build a shotgun, or build a fucking shelter, and doesn't have a gun. What? That didn't yeah, make any fun. sense. That doctor should have a gun. He didn't yeah. know. Like he didn't think. I mean, the Fallout games didn't exist yet, guys. He didn't realize. Just, just well, the Second Amendment. Th- this episode was made in the early '60s, and the Second Amendment wasn't until like 1974 or something, right? When it was yeah, a yeah, so talking about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I know uh, my rights. He had like the Kentucky rifle. You know, you can only you only got one shot. Yeah. <laughs> 
Maybe. So, like, it does this order. Like, obviously, the uh, the kid comes down and says, oh, there's something on the no, no Rad uh, radio where it's like, oh, there's a fucking object coming our way and don't specify uh, what it is. And then they're just like, be ready to get into your shelters or, you know, your basements and whatever or centralized room with all your supplies and stuff. Your crevasses. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody's freaking the fuck out. Um, you know, they go home. Uh the doctor is like they, they showed like this the scenes where the wife is like crying and shit, and then she like does this thing like, Why do we need to survive in this fucked up world? And then they do this, you see him, our son, it's for him. And I was like, That's a little cheesy, but whatever. <laughs> um you gotta, you gotta have a motivation. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And uh you know, they finally get ready, and then the the one old guy comes in, starts knocking on the door, saying, hey, you know, can we come in? We'll bring food. He's like, well, I only made it for three people with the air and stuff. It's not going to work. Uh, and then all the neighbors start coming in, and they're like, hey, we need to get in there. We have kids and all that stuff. Uh, then it gets a little racist at some point where he's like, I hate you foreigners. Just come here and take shit. And I'm very like, I was like... I remember the first time I saw this, I was like, wait a minute, what? Because <laughs> like it, it's black and white. I was like, is that guy a foreigner? What's going on? He just kind of looks like vaguely Italian. So what's really funny, it's right after the next day after watching these. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the SNL skit uh, where it's like the Tenement Museum where Louis C.K. and Kate McKinnon are pretending to be Polish. It's it's infamous now because Louis C.K. can't do a Polish accent for shit, so it's really funny live. But <laughs> they're just talking mad shit about Italians, like like saying really racist shit about Italians. So I watched this, and I was like, ah, oh, that's how that guy felt about poor mustache guy with the baby. Mm. <laughs> he was like, he's, he's, he's white too, right? Like I, I can't tell a difference either, but he was off his rocker, so it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they were all off their rockers. They were just like they thought that they deserved to be in there. Or spaghetti farmers. We fought them twenty years ago. Why are they here? Uh, so to be fair, <laughs> I whoa shit. Yeah, okay. Well, uh anyway. Uh, I'm just telling you that's what his mindset was. Yes, yeah, so he is quoting, yeah. So how we really feel. We 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 love all of our Italian viewers. We didn't fight any sp- spaghetti farmers twenty years I ago. I love Olive Garden. Day. Oh, oh, damn it, you took it from me. I was like, I regularly eat at Olive Garden. I regularly eat, yeah. <laughs> We're family. <laughs> I have Italian friends. I like Italian food. It's okay. So I'm I'm very good friends with some Italian plumbers. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I like uh, the Sopranos. <laughs> uh, so what I found weird is that this doctor ha- has you know, mapped out that he built a shelter that would only hold a finite amount of air. But I'm just wondering with the science involved in that, it's like, okay, and I know I'm thinking too hard into it, but it's like, well, how long did you expect to last in there with just the three of you? Because you've clearly built a space that's not made not, not to exchange enough. or ventilate. Yeah, you're going to die in there anyway. He so, said two to three weeks. This th- this is another instance of... They don't know. Yeah, they don't, they don't realize yeah. what we know now. And just back then, they just... They, they thought it was probably better than to tell people the truth in some of these regards because the uh, people made a lot of money selling, you know, concrete and supplies to schmucks who were making bomb shelters because they thought that the bomb shelters would withstand a nuclear attack and they just wouldn't. 
There was no yeah. way. Like like from from the inception of needing bomb shelters to when they become popularized, the arms race had progressed so far that bomb shelters were just useless now. Like in, oh, in, yeah. unless you were inside of a goddamn mountain, go fuck yourself, you're dead, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you have to go full one dwarf gold. Like that's just how like, it is. Bomb shelters were more like for conventional explosives. And, uh, you know, like natural disasters and stuff like that. And then people thought, oh, I'll just make it sturdier and it will stand an A-bomb. No. Well, not that door. I mean, oh, it can't hold a fucking... No, not that door, especially. Yeah. yeah, but it's also funny to say it, too, because all, all the propaganda, too, like other forms of media would show this as well, how uh, they would teach kids during Cold War... Uh, yeah, just go under your desk and that'll be fine. That That's that's practical. And now, today, they use that when, when the school shooter comes in, so it's perfect. Yeah, tell yeah. them you got you got to have a sub basement. Sub basement, yeah. You can't build on the same something. level. Yeah, I played a lot of video games. You got to have at least a B four. If you don't have a B four or better, you're done. You're done. Right? Just you need at out. least a B four. It's like that's like my welcome <laughs> mat. It says, "Are those level four plates?" You got to have at least level four plates, and you're done. <laughs> yeah, this episode, like it, it got me frustrated. Every time those fucking neighbors were talking to the point where I was like, just fucking punch him. Like, even at the end, like, he, I was pissed off at the doctor that came out because I would have said, get the fuck out of my house, you fucking people. Yeah. And because they're all just like, oh, we'll just we'll gather money at a block party and all that stuff. We're very sorry. No, yeah, fuck you. Party. I do not. You want me in my house. I'm putting this house for sale. Fuck all of you. I'm out. I'll go in the fucking woods and live there and build my bomb. He has to deliver there. his Twilight Zone end of episode moral wrap up about yeah. how I don't know how I don't I understand the actual damage that's been done here. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to leave you with what what's there because the other side of it too is the whole reason he even has it built is for what his son. So now in his own mind, he's now unraveled. What future am I leaving for my son to know he's living around? Like all these people that I've spent all my life taking care of, and they're just they were ready to rip us apart. Are people going to be any different anywhere else, though? Yeah, well, exactly. they didn't exist yet. They didn't know. They didn't yeah, know well, the well, proper actions. That needed to take. I mean, you can yeah. put literally anything in place of this, whether it's a bomb or anything like just whatever disaster. It just shows the sheer panic that when it goes to that basic instinct, people go to that mob mentality, and yeah. logic and compassion are thrown out the window, and people fucking suck. And that's why I wanted to save this episode for last because I think this is the single most important episode of Twilight Zone in as far as uh, current day media goes because this episode begat pretty much every zombie movie, every post-apocalypse movie, like mm -hmm. all the stupid stuff where it's like, it turned out mankind was the real enemy. That That's all based on this. Yeah, this, yeah. this is one of the very earliest instances of that being slipped into the public consciousness. Yeah, I mean, and how how many times has that trope just ripped on over and over and over? Over and over. I hate There's... it. I can't say I can't watch zombie movies. I fucking hate it. Oh yeah, I was like, like, oh, but mankind was the was their own worst enemy. Yeah, I fucking get it. You've been doing that for forty years. That's enough. Yeah. Well, it sucks though. It's like there's there's kernel of truth to it. I mean, in terms oh, yeah, of, of course there is. How, I, I'm yeah. not saying it's it's wrong, oh, but just I'm just saying it's not entertaining. Oh sure, no, I agree. I I want to write a fucking zombie apocalypse where everybody's happy and shit. Like, not happy. <laughs> it's just I, I've wrapped back around to where I think it's a more interesting story 
for people to come together and like work together to overcome the odds. And I know that that's like a, a bone basic vanilla tasting story, but I just find that more interesting at this point. Sometimes you want vanilla. Uh, you sometimes, would love, sometimes I want you should, vanilla. you should totally watch, watch wish with your niece. I think you guys would like that. You would love that story. That's weird. That was out of nowhere. <laughs> it, it's, what you just said is literally what happens. It's a Disney movie, but still it gives you everything to be divisive and it, it's not. So it's, I don't know. Yeah. I, I agree though. Like it, again, if it's too grounded and real, it's like, okay, it's overplayed. We get it. People are shit. People are shit to each other. The yeah. whole point is that you're supposed to have the hope that someone overcomes that and is able to be that, that spring of truth. Yeah. Uh, the other funny thing, too, I find in this is that this is not how this would have ended in a, in a modern day take. Like a modern day take of this would have been he killed everyone. Yeah, and they yeah, he would have killed everyone, like his wife would have died or something, and it's like him and his son there just looking, sitting in all the slaughter, and they announce, oh, it's a fossil arm, and he's like, the fuck did they just make me do? Like that's that's the type of ending. I hope he lives in a castle, Doctor Stay. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I, I, I would have been like, well, now they're gone. <laughs> we don't need to deal with these neighbors because, like, legit, like, what makes them just like? I get it, it's a survival instinct, and they say like he has something that will make me maybe alive, so I'm gonna go there and take it. So that's where like the human shittery comes in the trope that we're talking about where it's like oh we're gonna be fucking douchebags uh in this situation but like this is why people need to wake the fuck up and stop making fun fun of like preppers now i'm not saying like go to your fucking home depot and buy what you need to fucking do and buy everybody in the the whole grocery store but prepare Stop being like douchebags and be like, I'm going to go do this barbecue because that's w- way more better. Yeah, if, if you don't own an old missile silo, then you're, you're, you're an idiot. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, mean, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, well, I think, I think part of it though, too, like now it's again, the whole insert whatever disaster is there. There, the point of it wasn't that he, that he had preparation and they didn't. It was more to just show like, Again, you can prepare for the worst possible thing. Does it matter? Like, does it matter that you prepare for all this? If if the angry mob around you decides, well, if he can't have it, and we think we need to get to it, they're just gonna like tear everything I mean, apart and get to you. If those people were in my fucking knocking on my door and near my neighbors and trying to beat it down with a batting ram, you a twelve gauge would have came out that door and fucking all of them gone. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Don't fucking break down my shit. Like in that situation, he, the bombs were coming. Everybody was gonna. They needed to get in that shelter, or they're gonna die. So right. automatically, if you're endangering my life, my family, fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. And then, and then obviously at the end, we got that you know thing where the bombs didn't drop, but it did do a lot of damage. Look what fucking happened. <laughs> Look and, at the fallout. Yeah, look at the fallout. <laughs> and no then that, armor around. And that's when I would have been like, fuck you, Bob. Fuck you, Kelly. Fuck you. Get the fuck out. I would have done like that half-baked fucking... Yeah, at least you're cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was uh, thinking more, uh, it, it's just, again, the lesson in this is that they used this at the time, and I think it was a great thing to use as a mm-hmm. vehicle of it. But, again, no matter how advanced we get, we are no different than that deer in headlights in that fear is one hell of a motivator for people to do really stupid shit. 
Mm-hmm. Like fear will drive, especially if it's a mass. Fear they will drive people to do very stupid though, things. Here, to do one really funny thing, and it would have changed the entire story. I just, I, I really want it to have happened. I would like to see this happen, like in a hypothetical situation like this in real life. They're all arguing, and they're like, "Well, there's, we we can't all be in there because there's not enough air." And blah blah blah. And the one woman says, "Well, if there's a chance even one of my children could get in there, then it's worth it." Don't you think so? And she's got two children. And I really want the doctor to come out and say, hey, you know what? I got enough air for four people. Choose one of your children. Oh, not Sophie's choice. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that would be a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's pretty fucked up. Look your children in the eyes and tell them, tell which of them you want to come in and live. If we're going that route, then the woman picks instantly. She doesn't even think about it. She goes, Kevin, and she puts Kevin in <laughs> and then the bomb doesn't go off, and then Bobby's over here like, "What the fuck, mom?" It'd be good. It'd be good stuff. That, that would be pretty funny. <laughs> all right, we all recommend this episode. This episode's rules. Yeah, uh, yeah, I recommend this uh, episode. Uh, yeah. So next week we are going to be talking about uh, Zach's episodes, which is uh, Zach's and Chad's episodes. So Zach chose Invaders, which is season two, episode fifteen. Can't wait to talk about that. Uh, back there, season two, episode thirteen. A uh, little side note, by the way, because I was watching our episodes, me, uh, me and Andy's episodes, but I made a mistake because I was like following the Google Doc that Andy put in, and I started watching Zach's episode, the one where uh, uh, the back in time thing, and I'm like, wait a second, this is not Henry Bemis. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I watched that. That's why I watched like your both of your episodes uh, already, because I'm like I'm already here, so I guess I'll watch it and, and <clears throat> I watch that. But anyway, Chaz chose Evergreen, 2002 episode one of the Twilight Zone, uh, and then Nightmare at 30,000 Feet, which is the Jordan Peele season one episode two. So remember to watch those and then come back here, and we will talk about it. But let's do a little ad real quick, and then we'll come back for host credit scene. Wrestling nerds, wrestling weebs, wrestling fans. If you're looking for a different kind of podcast, one that goes over actual big wrestling news, I mean real stories, not somebody getting divorced or baseless rumors or whatnot, and get some color, we got that. We also do reviews of wrestling from the past, but sometimes we also do wrestling from the modern day too, if it's something that interests us at the time. Other than that, I would say the main attraction is just three guys who have been lifelong wrestling fans doing what wrestling fans do. Cutting up, cracking jokes, and just enjoying the entertainment wrestling can provide. However that comes. If you want to catch Getting Some Color, you can catch it bi-weekly on Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, usually. Usually. All right. Uh, Which, by the way, we'll... It will be some time before we get back to getting some color. But like I said, me and Chaz might do a uh, special uh, WrestleMania 2000 episode uh, because that card is crazy. Uh, (laughs) I kind of can't wait to talk about it, really. Uh, But I guess we'll go to me um, because I did watch a couple things. Uh, I watched an award show, or should I say, an ad show that had some awards in it. Um, and some trailers. yeah, <laughs> and then I watched a 
Netflix uh, movie that I was really surprised. It actually has some good actors in it. Uh, but I guess we'll talk about the award show uh, because I was waiting for the Gears of War announcement to happen, which it never happened. So I watched the whole award show, um, you know, seeing that. I, I guess I'll give like highlights because by the time this comes out, it's going to be a while since it already been talked about. Um, but Kojima was up there for like 10 minutes and Jeff Keighley was stroking his dick uh, of the OD uh, trailer, which I don't know what he's doing. Uh, he because he says it's not a movie, but it's not a game. I it, I hate I hate to be this this Reddit guy, but have you guys seen um, the weird hidden message in the mouths in the OD teaser? Oh uh, no, there's there, there's people cracking the code already. Sort of like if you like turn the brightness all the way up uh, while the man is speaking. There's the letters A T A M I, which is the town in japan that silent hill was originally based on oh god and you know what's funny they had kojima come out of the pt door on the award yeah. show what <laughs> so, so uh, they're, they're basically kind of saying like look we don't get to make silent hills but we're gonna make overdose instead cool. so <laughs> that, yeah. that's what's in being implied people think okay uh, the the graphics look good. I will say that as far as like the heads and stuff, but I I will say like one of the um, people that I follow on YouTube is like it's not really impressive because they did this with the what was that cop game made by uh, Rockstar? Oh fuck, La Noir. La Noir. They did like the whole like face recognition thing, and it, it, they did like a video of just a close up, just like how they did in the OD trailer. I guess I don't yeah. know that I don't know that it was was it really meant to be flashy though I just thought it was meant to be cryptic and weird yeah it's just, it's just my problem with it in the award show is a little bit of like now I understand like the award show like you don't want them to talk too much but they were like fucking telling people to go quickly like 30 seconds and stuff to the point where Baldur's Gate 3, they won game in a year and they were talking about their dead fucking designer and <laughs> there was a sign that said please wrap it up and the music started I saw, I saw people complaining that the yeah. people who were accepting awards weren't getting as much time as like the, you know, the idiot uh, celebrities that came out to talk about who cares. Yeah, like Matthew McConaughey came out with one of his fucking games and shit uh, and like Kojima was up there 10 minutes and I love Jordan Peele but it was so annoying when he came out. The only thing he kept on saying was, Kojima's a goat, man. He's the goat. I'm like, I get it. He's the goat. <laughs> Can you contribute, maybe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and, you know, they talked about, like, it's a game, not really a game. I don't know what that means. You know, Kojima, he likes to make his own fucking genres. So I. Yeah, I he was like, oh, it, strand like. People are going to call games strand likes now. They're finally yeah. making another strand like. It's called Death Stranding 2. Yeah. yeah, so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like I watched that and uh, nothing, but there was a lot of weeb games. Um, Excuse me? Yeah. yeah, what the fuck are you trying to say? <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of anime, like fucking girl uwu. Oh, games weeb. I thought you said weed. Wait, I thought he said weed. I was like, okay. No, oh, I heard him. I, they I make heard it him a Chichi Chong adventure game? That's why I got offended. I was like, what do you, what do you try to fucking say? 
Yeah, yeah, weed but, games are fucking great. What are you talking about? Yeah, you, you gushed. You, you came all over one of them. Yeah, metaphor. Metaphor looked cool. The fucking Atlas game that's coming out. Ah, <laughs> uh, Atlas. Yeah. yeah. Um. Fuck, I forgot what I was gonna say. Um, it was a sham, yeah. a waste of time, and you should. Time, and you know that. We're already step so one, and he's gonna hear more about this, about things from this this award show. He's going to then get excited about one little detail. He's going to buy the game. He's going to be really pissed that he bought it. And then he's like, I'm swearing video games away forever. Yeah. <laughs> Two-year process. <laughs> I will say, Sega, I'm a little bit excited for the remakes and shit, but that's about it. I was just disappointed I didn't get to see Gears of War. Maybe that's going to happen down the road. I'm hearing it's true. I'm hearing it's true. But I guess we will see. OD anyway. Sega stuff looked cool, yeah. Yeah, so I watched a Netflix movie called uh, <laughs> Leave the World Behind. It had Ethan Hawke, it had Julia Roberts, it had, uh, actually, let me get, because I don't want to just name all the fucking white people, because there is a black guy in there. Uh, <laughs> name the token. <laughs> fuck, I can't, even say, I, I can't even say his fucking name. Maharshala Ali, you, you fallen for the trap. Yeah, <laughs> I've <Classic> blunder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Maharshala Ali, Black Snow, and got it over with. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's the uh, well, as long as it happens, that, he's gonna be Blade. Yeah, <laughs> if, if it ever comes <laughs> out, if uh, it fucking comes. Yeah, yeah. So he was in there. Uh, Ethan Hawke, uh, Kevin Bacon was like there for like five minutes. Uh, <laughs> but it's funny. Because I actually Kevin Bacon. That's what you're supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Bacon. <laughs> so I watched this movie after my picks uh, from Twilight Zone. So th- the plot is they go on a vacation in the suburbs, uh, and some type of terrorist attack happens where it's like a cyber attack, but there's like weird shit happening with like the magnetic uh, force, like all the animal migrations are happening and stuff. Uh, <laughs> the poles shifted. Yeah. the uh, Something weird. There, there's actually an explanation. I like this movie because obviously the stars in this movie was uh great. I mean, Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, Ethan Hawke plays like this teacher who likes, like they talk about, he might be fucking his students because he's a college uh, professor, by the way. Not a high school teacher. There we go. That yeah. that was good context. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he teaches all the little children of the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, so like he's like he loves weed and he's like not trying to get into confrontation. He's like, oh no, man. It's cool. It's cool. Uh and then you have Julia Roberts who's who's a complete fucking cunt throughout this whole fucking film until literally the end. Uh and then Ali like that's his house that they're staying in and while they're the shit is happening like he he shows up and julia roberts is just like oh there's a black guy here i don't want him staying in the house while i'm here type of thing going on uh he's like he's like this is my house and stuff but like they play with your they play with the viewers a little bit because he goes to the cabinet and he doesn't know how to open which key he needs to open up the cabinet. And when he finally opens, there's a gun inside. So you're just like, is he the homeowner? And it it, it, it plays with the emotions of the viewer. Uh the Kevin Bacon scene, he's just he's a prepper. 
<laughs> so eventually they Hell need to yeah. go see Kevin Bacon, Bacon the prepper. Uh, and they kind of have a, a, the shelter moment in this a little bit. So <laughs> I recommend it. It's a pretty lengthy film, though. It's like two hours and 31 minutes, which guys fucking make an hour and a half movie, please. <laughs> we didn't. We do not need to sit for two and a half hours for a fucking post-apocalyptic fucking movie. Not, yeah, uh, not every movie needs to be two hours and 30 minutes. Please. Uh, they have to be now. They gotta be in parts, because you they can get, pause and go use the bathroom. No, oh, there's parts, com- by the you way. You gotta compete with video games. You gotta that Somehow that competes with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gaming-wise, still playing Pokemon Yellow. Um, I'm just, like, messing around with the, you know, the trying to catch Pokemon. I'm still catching... Just lame Pokemon side. Missing no. What? Did you, you get, get missing no? Did you get missing no? Did you get you ruin your whole game, mother? Did you get like? No, no. Fuck. Did you catch Pika Blue? No. A deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> um, trying to think what else. Oh, I uh, finished the manga Goodbye Airy, uh, because it's the guy who did chainsaw uh chainsaw man and people were just like oh this is a uh it fucks with your head because you don't know if it's real or not again i i read this pretty much after i chose the uh episodes or watched your episode andy where it's like it's all a dream is it all a dream is it (laughs) unless they like do the twist um I'll give you a short plot about it. It's pretty much the mother is dying of some type of disease or cancer or whatever. And she buys her son a smartphone and says, hey, I need you to document me before I die until the the moment I die. And, and he does that uh, and she dies. And then it cuts to him at his school like showing him this documentary but at the end of the documentary he doesn't go into the hospital to see his mom die he runs and the building explodes so he kind of makes like a movie out of it and says the end and people are just like you're a fucking idiot like why did you put that ending in there it was so stupid uh and then <sighs> yeah see i can't talk about what i like doing the twist so he meets this girl and she kind of goes in the same situation. Be like, I have this disease. Can you please document me? And then you, they reveal something that you're just like, holy fuck. What was that? So I recommend it um, on Amazon. It's like 15 bucks and it's 200 pages. You can literally get done with it in a day. And that's what I did. So, or you can get an ebook or whatever and read it that way too. So, that's all I've done. Um, Andy, what about you? Uh read a little more berserk. I'm not ready to talk about that yet. It got really heavy. Um, <laughs> played a little more Assassin's Creed 3. It did not get heavy, but I'm not ready to talk about it because I haven't beat it yet. I kind of like took a break from gaming and watched a bunch of shit. Last time I talked about it, I finished um, watching Dragon Ball. I'm watching Dragon Ball Z Kai now. and I've oh. never watched Kai I always, I was always the guy that was like, "No, I want to watch all of it, man. I'm not, I'm not a, a, a weak weeb. I want to watch all of it. Oh, I like the Garlic Junior Saga. I'm, uh, I'm really enjoying Kai. It's nice. Uh, some of the, some of the new animation looks okay, and uh, uh, some of the music's weird. Like when Frieza turns up, it has this like 
wannabe Zephyroth theme that's really kind of lame. But otherwise, like parts of it are good. So it, it's a it's a fun way to re-experience Z, which I've seen in its entirety more than once. It's funny that you say that because in Super, when he gets the golden form, that is now the theme. They do a much better version of the... They'd better because like, the one in Kai blows. Oh, yeah. The one in Super so much better. It's like, free, so, ha. It's like it's it actually sounds a lot like the the theme to Sephiroth uh, in a lot yeah, of ways. I can tell yeah, that's what they were trying to do. Oh yeah, no, they definitely are. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm up to um, uh, Goku's fighting Frieza actually. So on on Namek. Uh, let me think. Uh, what else have I done? Um, I've had a lot of time to like watch stuff because, and this is going to make me sound like a real like loser douchebag with no life, but. A lot of the uh, YouTube and podcast stuff that I care about has been like full of uh, drama lately, and I have to keep up with that. <laughs> like the John. stupid, yeah, the, uh, all the WATP Dabble verse shit has been like you know at boiling over, and then um, uh, Maddox released a three and a half hour video about Dick Masterson, and that's been a whole thing, and then I'm trying to keep up with the Carl Jobs and. Mudahar and completionist thing. It's like all the shit's happening at once. I don't have any time to do anything other than to watch stuff on YouTube that makes me feel bad about myself for liking. <laughs> can I? Can I? Because these guys don't know like the the Dabbleverse mm-hmm. point of view, but I just want to talk about this one drama that happened. So I'd love he to. Took, yeah, yeah. He took a break and he's like, I'm I'm not you know streaming anymore for a while because of these fucking people that are like messing with me and all that stuff but someone like went up to him and said i i work as like an agent or whatever <laughs> i could get these people's names and dox him and stuff so oh, he, he gave him all the anagram names right yeah yeah <laughs> so he gave him like fake names and stuff and he went on twitter he's like you know saying all these names he's like i got you it's ready and stuff and he was saying uh that uh his money was gonna get stolen and go to uh the guy what's the guy the potato guy what's his name cardiff electric yeah <laughs> he said that his money's going to cardiff and he got fucking out of control and all yeah, that they, stuff john's an idiot he does not know how any of that stuff works <laughs> yeah and then he went on stream and started crying saying that like because he's a substitute teacher and uh he was calling up the student, he was calling up the parents of the students who got an A just to tell them that they're a great student. <laughs> and he's like crying and stuff, making him like sound like a hero, like he's you know, fucking soldier for Iwo Jima. Yeah, but making making it up. all about him because he's yeah. Our, yeah, it's yeah. What the fuck? I, yeah, I finished watching that one yesterday, the emergency broadcast about him doing all that shit oh dude tookie yeah, fucking had me die <laughs> tookie's the best tookie's very funny yeah <laughs> hacka hacka <laughs> yeah t-w-o but uh, yeah that's my point is i'm watching all that stuff right now yeah um uh, i read i'm trying i'm trying i'm trying to read comics again and it's working some i i bought um cyber frog i haven't read it yet I decided I'm going to try to finish reading Batman Black and White first, and uh, I really like it. Like, I don't know. Every time I read it, I like it, and then I don't read it again for like a month. So I don't know what my problem is. But uh, this time I'm, I'm going to 
finish it up. I actually part of the reason I was reading Batman Black and White is there's supposed to be in a story a story in it about uh, the Riddler and it's supposed to be really good. A YouTuber I watched mentioned it and he's like, "Well, you should stop the video here if you're going to read it." And I did, and I want to go back and read that. But um, it's uh, uh Hugbees. He does some comic book stuff. You guys ever watched his stuff? Never heard him. Nah, Never no, heard he, him. He's good. He's good. He did. Uh, he recently he did a video on All Star Batman and Robin. It's really good. It's fine. Oh boy. Yeah, check that out. I might send you guys a link. You'll like it. Um, and also, uh, close it out with a, a podcast I listened to. I finally finished um, the Hardcore History Death Throes of the Republic. Uh, it's it's great. I try to bring those up when I finish them because they're really, really good. I, I, I don't know. I just I like history stuff. I'm a dork. People make fun of me for liking Hardcore History, but man, it's good. <laughs> Who makes fun of you for that? I uh, just every once in a while I'll be like, oh, I'm listening to this podcast and be like, oh, what do you listen to? Uh, history. It's about it's about Cyrus the Great and Persia and and how he um unified. And they're like, that's boring. Don't tell me about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll ask them if they have level four plates later. <laughs> <laughs> you need to listen to uh, Prophets of Doom. You're really it's an outrageous story. It's <laughs> it's bonkers. You're gonna like it a lot. Um, but yeah, Death Rose of the Republic is about the end of the Roman Republic. And by the end, I mean like several hundred years that basically lead up to when Caesar took power and then was killed. It, like that We know that because of, you know, it's one of the most pinnacle moments in history. And there's the Shakespeare story about it and, you know, Etu Brute. And everyone knows that. But everything that led up to Caesar is almost just as outrageous as what had actually happened to bring him into power. Like, you know, there's the triumvirate between him and Pompey and Crassus. But before that, like everything was just corrupt and everyone, uh, Rome, if you can, if you can imagine it, like Rome is, you know, a democracy, like an oligarchy flavored democracy. Right. But they don't have any police. So whenever the people were pissed off about something, they just go burn stuff down and murder people. Hmm. Like, no, no one stops them. And it, and it happens all the time. So it's like most modern mega cities in America. It's, I mean, but worse. <laughs> I mean, way worse. Because, I mean, it, it, because Roman legions aren't allowed to come within the city limits. So there's just no law and order except what the people mean out for themselves. So I don't know. It's, it, it, it's crazy, but uh, that that's, I, I don't need to talk about that all night. It's just, it's really good. If you like history, listen to hardcore history. He does an amazing job of, of putting it into uh, not bite-sized chunks. I mean, it was like a 10 hour thing. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell, to tell you then. <laughs> 10 course meal. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. It's, it's <laughs> your, your meal prep for the week. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it video games comics shows movies podcasts youtube i did it all man nice Woo! all right zach what about you what the hell you been watching playing or doing <coughs> well uh due to my condition uh i haven't really been playing that much stuff lately i heard you got into jogging right <laughs> what <laughs> i feel bad now i'm sorry <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't hear you said. I, I heard you got into jogging Oh yeah, jogging. Maybe <laughs> after, maybe. But like, um, nah. I just I haven't really been in the mood to play games, and it's like I'm kind of limited on what I can actually do for just stupid, like you know, autistic reasons why I don't want to play games. Like, 
I, I brought my PS5 with me, but there's like no TV there at the house that I'm staying at while I'm recovering. Uh, that I was like, I don't want to play this on that TV. <laughs> it's a peasant TV. It's so small. <laughs> what about your analog pocket? I got, I did, I have that. Um, but my mom left my case that had all my games in it at my house here that I'm currently at now, but I'm bringing that back with me. Remedy that. Yeah. I mean, I figure like analog pocket, the switch, you know, prime time for that kind of stuff. Yeah. I got my switch too. I'm I'm like, now I'm kind of in a little bit better shape where I can like sit up for longer periods of time uh, in a chair. Uh, Now I can probably play some games because for a while there, I can only sit for like maybe a couple hours. Then my leg would start getting real tight and be like, I gotta, I gotta go lay back down. (laughs) But um, I've been watching a bunch of stuff. <laughs> no doubt. So uh, I've watched, I got to do a bunch of different TV shows all at once. And starting with Dragon Ball, uh, I picked up where I left off with Dragon Ball, though, because like, I, I started it and then I quit watching it for a little bit. And then I just, I just kind of remembered where I was at and just continued because I remembered everything. Where are you? Um, I'm just after the 22nd. Uh, martial arts tournament. Uh, you know where Goku fights Tien. Oh, okay. So, so Piccolo, King Piccolo, just entered. Yeah, the, story. the King Piccolo arc just started. Oh, I love that. I love that arc. It's uh, especially with the um, uh, shit. What is it? Uh, wait, is it the one I'm thinking of? No, this is the Tien one. It's this is the King. It actually the start of the King Piccolo. Um, I'm thinking of the one after whenever pick it's Piccolo Jr. or whatever, and the guy has the he's got the whole crazy. I'm I just like get very lucky and I'm slipping, but it actually ends up he's doing it intentionally. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Never yeah. mind. So forget I, I time traveled in your in your show. <laughs> I, just, I know what you're talking so about. You're up yeah. to Yajirobe then, right? Yeah, like I'm just uh. I just got to the part where like uh, Yajirobe just killed uh, Symbol. Yeah, and, and, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> hey, just killed a bad guy. <laughs> I, just, that, that's always been crazy to me that that they, he stumbles upon Yajirobe, who is made out to be like kind of a comedic character, and he just straight up kills one of Piccolo or King Piccolo's minions. Only that, like, he fights Goku for a little bit, and then it's like they're kind of even. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> like what the hell's going on? But uh, yeah, I, I especially enjoyed the the tournament though. Before that was great, mm-hmm. especially the way it ended. I was legit surprised by the way it ended. I didn't know Tien actually beats Goku. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was like that was a surprise. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, it's Dragon Ball's old. Yeah. It has one of my like first like memories of the original Dragon Ball. Um, because I when I started watching. Of course, Z was on TV first, but original Dragon Ball, uh, it started just before that arc, whenever he goes and meets his Grandpa Gohan and, and everything, uh, and wishes um, oh, the, the one guy back from the dead, I can't remember his name now. Uh, Oopa's but, father, I can't Oopa. remember his name. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, he saves him, but the what sticks to me, though, is in the World of Martial Arts Tournament, whenever... Goku comes back and they're like, oh, he's a lot stronger. And he does that shit where he hits like once and they're like, oh, and then Tien sees it and he did like a nine hit combination or some shit. Yeah. They're like, holy fuck, that's really cool. I remember as a kid seeing that. I'm like, oh, that's the coolest thing ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's lots of moments like that in that tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, what else have I been watching? I've, I've been watching, 
I continued to watch Castlevania. Like I, I dropped off watching it after season two. Not I just didn't Me too, actually. continue it. And I went back and finished season three. So I'm like back into it. Uh, it's still good and enjoyable and, and witty and, and, and gruesome. Where's <laughs> coming now? Yeah. Uh, I started watching Seinfeld. Hell yeah. I've never watched. I've never watched Seinfeld. I actually sat there and just watched Seinfeld. Oh, you're before. you're 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 treating yourself then. No, I am. I I, I love that show now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I'm getting all the jokes. Like the oh, the pretzels are making me thirsty. All that shit. <laughs> These pretzels are making me thirsty. Yeah. Uh, the the one about like the the fucking library book, the overdue library book. That shit was funny too, and. <laughs> There's a lot of, I'm getting a lot of jokes now that I just missed forever. <coughs> I like everybody. I don't know. Everybody's funny in yeah. like their own different way, too. That's yeah, like absolutely. the other thing I'm really liking about the show. George is still my favorite, though, I think. I think he's yeah. George Costanza. Yeah. George pretty much the best one. <laughs> um, George is getting angry. <laughs> this is supposed to be the summer of George. <laughs> I, I started watching Yellowstone. Oh, this okay. is this is funny because um my parents watch Yellowstone like all the time like when mm-hmm. I'm at their at their house for like holiday stuff or whatever cuz usually that's like when uh oh, I forget the channel they basically they just give up and they're like it's a holiday weekend we're just going to play Yellowstone on repeat while we all like take off Is it FX? <laughs> no. I, I I can't remember the network now. But um like there, so that's always on, and then I'm like, this show looks really interesting, but like I'm in the middle of it, and I don't know what's going on, so I don't want to watch it. <laughs> so I finally started watching it, <laughs> and I'm like in the middle of season two. I heard it's good. It is good. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Uh, and a lot of the characters are like bad guys or just fucked up or something. It's, it's, it's one of those kinds of shows. Mm. It's like Sons of Anarchy, but like cowboys <laughs> yeah and like there's some people that are like you know they have better like you like that guy you that guy's cool you, kevin costner's cool whatever you know and then there's like people that are like fuck that guy he's an asshole or whatever <laughs> just you start picking sides with characters and stuff there's like um, daughters fucking everybody and all that stuff and it's like what the fuck <laughs> oh yeah beth she's crazy she's she's the wild card character in that show just, yeah fucks everybody up or just ruins all the plans or whatever. Titties. That's all yeah. I saw in the first season. <laughs> That's a good show though. Um I then I watched some random movies. Uh I watched They Shall Not Grow Old because it was on Netflix and it was like gonna go away at the end of the month. Um it's a Peter Jackson documentary where like they took a bunch of old world war one footage and basically like remastered it. And they have like stories from like, I guess guys that, you know, they interviewed for like the BBC or something a long time ago that were actually there. And they just kind of like put those interviews in along with like the footage there to kind of like paint you a picture of like what's happening. And the cool thing about this though is uh, this footage is like, restored to the point to where it becomes like high res and it's colorized mm-hmm. so you get to see some pretty cool footage I meant to watch that forever and never got around to it what what was that so I meant to watch that forever and just never did 
It's still there. You still got a chance. Have you ever <clears throat> seen uh, Five Came Back? No, I've never heard of that. It's in the same vein, sort of. It's a documentary uh, about people who made um, propaganda during World War II. Uh-huh. It's about um, Frank Capra, John Ford, John Houston. I can't remember the other two. But it's a five-part thing. It's really good. If you liked, if you liked that, I think you'd like Five Came Back. It's on Netflix too. John Houston, I'm familiar with that name. Okay, uh, but that was that was kind of interesting to see, though. Uh, I watched Lost in Translation. I like that. Uh, Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray, Scarlett Johansson. It What'd was whisper. What was it? He he, <laughs> he whispered, "Uh, fucking, this is my AOL name, and that was it." <laughs> <laughs> you can always be friends on the internet <laughs> this is my blog address yeah no um it was kind of like i don't know why i really watched that movie i think it's just because like oh it's bill murray it, was, it doesn't seem like a very you thing to watch if I'm being it honest. wasn't but at the same time i didn't dislike it but i don't really like really like it either i'm like kind of it's kind of in this middle ground with it <laughs> did the bean kicked in and you're just like i need to watch this or it was going to go away, and I was like, yeah, I, you know, I've always heard people talk about that movie and say it was good and shit, and it's got Bill Murray in it, and I like Scarlett Johansson, so I was like, I'll watch this movie. <laughs> I liked it. It was okay. It was okay. It's not my cup of tea, but yeah. Um, Then I watched Rush. That was more my cup of tea. <laughs> I have a copy of that sitting on top of my Xbox that I need to watch. I still haven't watched it. You should watch it. I will say, um, the primary, like storytelling device which is like this quasi rival it's it was really more of a quasi rivalry between uh john hutt and nikki lauda mm. they kind of embellish on that and turn it up till no doubt yeah so it's not really like how it was in real life in fact they what's really funny is like at the end of the movie they have like an actual interview with nikki lauda like kind of spliced in with some real footage of him at the time <laughs> cool. and he was saying like you know everybody made all this up to where we were rivals, but like, we never were really like that. It's like, <laughs> that kind of undermined the whole movie almost. <laughs> it's, it's like a movie. Yeah. It's like, we were, they, they were actually pretty good friends and he's like, I actually really admired him. And I, he's the only guy I was ever jealous of, <laughs> but uh, that was, that was a pretty good little movie. Um, and I think that's it. That's, that's everything I, I, I watched. I read a goosebumps book also. Right. Oh my! <laughs> so, well, my my brother bought me a Goosebumps book while I was laid up in the hospital, and um, is it Monster Blood? That's the best. No, one. it's uh, Curse of the Mask too. Remember the mask one where like the girl gets the mask and the beast mask or whatever. It, it, it like fastens to her and she. Can't oh yeah, that sounds off. familiar. Yeah, I think so. This is the sequel. It's like a green mask, right? Green old man mask. Yeah, it's like there's some boys that go to her school and they're like. D bags because you're boys, and he wants to get a scary mask too, and he gets it, and he, the same thing kind of happens to him. Huh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I read that just for kicks, and it was it was kind of fun actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's everything I did. All right, Chaz, you're up. All right, so uh, I finished Castlevania: Circle of the Moon. Uh, oh, shit. Hell yeah! Fuck me, Dracula, so fucking hard in that game. Uh, like unless you like spend all the time grinding to get access to a lot of the later stuff, um, yeah, he is a bit of a son of a bitch to beat. Uh, 
It's just one of those like bullet hell type of things where he's just shooting fireballs and shit everywhere when he turns into his like crazy monster form in that game. He be- he becomes like a kaiju in that fucking game. I don't know what what they were thinking, but eh, it's whatever. Drugs are real, but it's fun. I mean, I've, I've just good goodness, I've played through that game like a half dozen times or something. So that's um, one of the weirder ones. It is. Ones. The story is kind of odd too. Like the, the story is just it's it's kind of detached. Um, and then you know they go further from that. Uh, I think it's where Ego wanted to really take a, a different route. Uh, although I think he he definitely nails it later on in the the uh, the later games uh, with Harmony and, and Arya. Um, but this one's still good. It's just and to me it's nostalgic because it was I remember like getting the package of the Game Boy Advance uh, and this is what was in it. So like I, this is the first game I had for Game Boy Advance. So, um, but yeah. Uh, so it was fun to play through. Uh, started Pokemon Fire Red. It was great. So when I play through these games, because I've played them a bajillion times, I Nuzlocke. For those who don't know what that is, they're, they're like wild variations of this. But basically, it is playing these on Dark Souls mode or hard mode. So basically, you have to catch the first Pokemon in the area that you go to. And you're only allowed the one catch. Uh, th- these are the base rules. You have to nickname every Pokemon that you use. If a Pokemon is KO'd, it is dead. You either release it or put it in your box and never touch it again. If you ever white out at any point or black out, whatever it is, in the, depending on the game you're playing, it's game over. You lose. You have to. You just have to start over. Hmm. So, um, I had a couple of twists. I, a lot of people come up throwing like variants and rules for it. Um, and I've, of course, I've got that in place. I won't go through all those details. But uh, I decided to start. Uh, the one rule I did have in place. I always like to start with a random starter. So I literally just roll a D6 and figure out what I'm going to take. So the first one, I got Squirtle, and it was great. And I went to fight Gary, or, or Blue, the, 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 not the very first time, but the second time when he has the Pidgey. He's like in, in Viridian City. Uh, so I fought him that time, and he crit and killed my Mankey. And then, and then he sand attacked bullshit on my Squirtle. So even though... I was able to take the Pidgey out. His Bulbasaur was able to wear me down, and I just lost the game immediately. I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> so uh, I've started over since then. I'm a good ways past that now. I'm, I'm uh, actually you get the same starter? Or? I didn't. I'm, I have Charmander now. Uh... So, yep, I had to roll, re-roll, and do all that. So we have Charmander. Uh, my team currently uh, consists of uh, Blaze the Charmander, or he's a Charmeleon now, I have Vance the Vaporeon. Uh, I have Spike the Nita King and um, Choo Choo the Raichu. Those are my Nita King. Sheesh. Yeah, you get Nita King really early in that game. To be fair, because Nita and Mail, you can catch Nita and Mail after the first gym. Yeah, and it evolves to Nita Reno at sixteen, and you can Moonstone it immediately. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so Nita King's like super good for this game. Anyway, I got lucky. Um, one of the rules I use, which, again, some people look down on this, but, uh, of course, you can't have duplicates. And I, I play by a KO rule where you are allowed to catch other Pokemon because there are a lot of things you can't access in the game unless you have so many in your Pokedex. However, if you pass the first one you catch, uh, you can't use it. So it can't be a TM slave or HM slave. It can't be – it just has to go in the box. So what I'll do is I'll go and catch everything in an area while I'm grinding, and then when I get to areas where I want to catch something rare, I've caught all the chaff. 
So I can keep fighting until I find a unique Pokemon I haven't run into yet, and that's that's what I use. So it's it's an easier way to grind and get those because a lot of people do like uh, reloads and stuff, and it's just, that takes forever. I don't have time for that shit. So um, funny thing is, I got through all the Celadon City stuff, and I was literally fighting Erica, and my analog pocket died. Oh. And I was like, oh shit, how long has it been since I saved? It had been a while. Um, thankfully, I did one of those like save states when I was fighting something, so uh, more because I had like, run to the bathroom. So it wasn't too far off, but I'm definitely not in Celadon City yet, so I have to go back through... Or Sorry, no, no, I'm not in Celadon. I haven't finished like the, the Rocket like game corner stuff, so I have to do all that again. It's not that bad. So, anyway, having fun playing it. Um... And uh, the names, by the way, Evie helped me pick out some of the names we came up with. So they're 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 collabs. She's helping me play through the game. Hmm. Uh, of course, my trainer name is Chaz, and I named I named Gary Buttface or something like that. So you got to do you got to name your rival something stupid like Ass Herpes. Um, so uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, I went to a Wakana event over the weekend, and I got first place. Hooray! I got first because I was the only person that showed up. Boo! Apparently, locally, Workana is like dead at the moment. However, I was say, is that game going to make it? Because I don't think it's. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it is. So they've announced they've already announced a third set coming out in February, which people are a little nervous about. But the st- the stock is really high now. Like there, it's really easy to find product, and it's not marked up crazy amounts anymore. Okay. And decks are cheap. Like the decks. That's, like, that's the had, only way it's going to get by. Is it has to be? You have to be able to walk into a big box store and buy it. Oh, absolutely, and you can go in anywhere now and, and pretty much find it. Uh, the problem now is the my local local store. It's like right across the street from me. This this man has a grudge with how things went first round, and I it's going to take a while for him to break that. But he's like, no, fuck that game. I'm not letting them put the product in the store. I'm not running events. So the closest place for me to travel is like 45 minutes away, and for multiple reasons, the game has just kind of died out there. A lot of people there got their stuff but it was inflated and then realized the price was going down so they all sold out and and they're waiting until their season starts but they plan on doing competitive later I, it's weird basically i have nowhere to play it other than online um unless i want to drive like two hours to columbus or or something to play so in the meantime i'm kind of on a standby for that but the nice thing is like decks that used to be like five six hundred dollars are now like two hundred dollars and under like you can literally play anything in the in the format for under two hundred bucks if you just go online and buy it, which is substantially better than the way it was. Um, but it's the same thing as Magic. Buy singles. It's advice to anybody in a, tra- in a trading card game. You're not going to just suddenly open four of everything that you need. Just buy the singles online. It's much much easier. And now since stores have them, you don't have to just buy them all from TCG Player. You can actually go to a store and get most of what you need um, pretty easily. So that's kind of nice. Um, that said, I did do something cool in Pixelborn. I am now a Grandmaster, which was the goal. Um, there are only like 100, I think as of yesterday when I was playing, there's 122 people at Grandmaster. So I'm ranked. 22 losers. That's right. We're all fucking <laughs> nerds. Problem is the rank system, once you get to that, is like you have to like win like four in a row in order to even get points. And I don't have time to just play that game nonstop and, and content and create and all that. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy with where I'm at, but it's probably never climbing. I'm just one of the, the chosen few. And now when I get in a random queue, I'm going to play against, you know, a pro or someone streaming, and I'm probably going to get my ass slapped. But uh, such is life. Stream it then. 
maybe i don't know i don't it's a lot of it's just like having the period of time to do that and maybe i should just i just get over it and just put the content out there for the sake of it but i did start my job this this week i'm in orientation so there's that too um but as far as other games go uh since i went to the workana event nothing was happening um the guys that were there do commander so i just like picked up someone's commander deck and we played commander and it was fun and then i ended up buying stuff so now i have commander decks i, I hate my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah i went from i'm never gonna play again to now i own a modern deck my pie oh i think i said this last week my pioneer and modern deck both got banned um the modern deck was an easy fix because it was a sideboard card but the, the pioneer deck literally depended on the card they banned so i've had to change it so now i've, I've got the changes to it and then i've bought uh two commander decks um so i've got a dinosaurs like spell slinger deck and commander and i've got a vampire sacrifice deck so I'm, I'm happy with that i'll play with those for now and that'll be fine um as far as stuff i watched um i'll start with this one first and then i'll come back to the new stuff because i want to talk about them more in detail uh so invincible the first half of season two is out now i've and i'd watched it i watched like the fourth episode which was really good i don't know if you guys have followed that that show or read the comics um i was i wanted to more i couldn't remember a whole lot about the first season i don't know why so i wanted to go back and just like as i was passively doing stuff with cards i was watching it and then as it played out i ended up watching the second because there's only eight episodes per season uh so i did like that there were some really cool nods they did in the first and second seasons uh like in the first season uh the main character is getting his costume made and the guy offers him something and it's like kind of gaudy looking and orange and yellow. And, and he's like, ah, oh, this, this just looks really boring. I want something more iconic. Uh, and they come up with his costume. That's like the, the titular costume um, with invincible. Uh, so then in season two, another hero shows up to join a team that's relevant and he's wearing the costume from the first season. That was just like the asshole, like, oh, this is a boring costume. And he's just like a boring, like, asshole B player that's there. So it's kind of funny. Uh, weird things like uh, when they show, like, the FBI headquarters, it like says the sign says FBI parking in the back. And they in this season, they went to an alternate universe. So the alternate universe one says parking in the front. Just really just subtle, dumb shit like that that I just noticed. Like, oh, that's funny. I don't know. Just weird humor that I like. But uh show's really good, though. I, I definitely recommend it. Um, so you guys got me on this last episode and I, I went down the rabbit hole and I watched the entire Eve online documentary. I did it in two sittings. I was pretty proud of myself. Yay. Yeah. I, I watched half, cut it off and watched half. Wow. I learned way more than I ever needed to know about Eve online, but holy shit, it was worth it. That was fascinating. Yes, it really is. Yeah. I don't want to play it though, but, uh, it's fascinating. Oh, no. <laughs> Never going to play the game. Yeah. Never in my life would have played it, but I, I actually, my f- single favorite thing is they're in the middle of that really intense uh, battle. It's, it's, it's such a vague thing to say, but uh, it's when I can't remember what group it is uh, or what the faction was, but they turned on the goon squad and th- they're the monkeys or whatever, and they all like spam chat the one guy when they turn on them and just butt fuck them and they're going ook 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 oh yeah that's great <laughs> so fucking hard but that was what they did because i'm just like the guy's telling it as a documentary but i'm just thinking about all these people that are just blasting them in a chat going ook ook <laughs> it's so fucking funny uh but it, no, the game like the story behind it just fascinating and just like all the time and and 
and stuff that went into that, and just the the behind the scenes like laundering of money through the gambling, uh, and actually making real money off of it is weird. Learn about the entire life cycle of all these other games they tried to make work, like Dust, that just pff, fell apart. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it was definitely interesting. It was a good watch. And then for some reason, I went from that and decided, you know what? I also want to watch this other thing that was recommended. So I watched Paranoia Agent. Yeah. What? What a fucking head rush that was. I mean, have yeah. you all watched it at all? I've heard about it, and I want it's on my bucket list to watch. Okay, Zach, have you watched it? I watched some of Paranoia Agent back when they played it on Adult Swim back in the day. Okay. I never, I never finished it though. I always wanted to. It's worth it. Okay. It's the easiest thing for you to just pick up and decide, okay, I'm going to finish it. I literally watched all of it last night in one run. It's just 13 episodes. It's yeah. 13 episodes or 25 minutes long. I, I, I literally just in a six hour bender, just watched it. Um, it's wild. I, I don't really want to go into too much more other than like, as soon as you think you have even the faintest grasp on what's happening, no. Yeah, that's the you can't even really talk about anything past like episode two or three, and it's like immediately spoilers. Yeah, yeah, I don't even want to say anything every, else about everything it. Compounds. I don't know. It's it's a wild series. It is. It is. It's wild. Animation's great. Uh, the, uh, yeah, uh, and again, like, the expectation that I had, like with each episode, thinking, oh, they're going to build on this character, and then they just introduce something completely out of left field that's. That seems unrelated, but then it's so well intertwined. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, that's kind of neat. But yeah, it was it was a good ride. Uh, so, uh, I, I felt like there was something else that I'd watched, but I didn't remember what it was. So, I'm not gonna bother y'all about it. Uh, so <laughs> that's it. That's that's all I've got. Didn't uh, leave enough of an impression, apparently. Yeah, it, it was something I watched with the family. Um, I can't remember what it was. It was neat, whatever it was. <laughs> bullshit it was it just i can't remember what it is right off the top of my head i did have one last thing to mention was we keep talking about fallout uh i guess magic's making fallout cards and they look weird weird but cool i don't know how to feel about it but they're making the um uh the one general or leader uh the, the guy that was like basically if he could be he couldn't be any more fascist than he is just like I'm going to have my slave trade and, and, and everything, but uh, they made him one of the commander leaders in the commander deck, and he's like a controversial figure within Fallout lore. I, just, I swear I should remember his name, but apparently the card's really good, so now everyone's like online bitching about it because they're like, oh, they're going to put this racist, misogynist character right at the forefront of their, their stuff. People are bitching about a new magic set? That's bizarre. I know, right? Exactly. People know these are fictional characters, don't they? Yeah, you'd think, but... It's stupid. <laughs> yeah, people pick some dumb hills to die on sometimes. But it is what They're it is. Bad guys. Speaking Fucking of... The fuck? Speaking of dumb hill to die on, uh, kind of to circle back on the, the Game Awards, uh, because of... Oh, Chris, yeah, Christopher Judge, who plays uh, the voice actor of God of War and stuff, uh, Kratos. was presenting Kratos, a war... Yeah. An award, and they he was like making fun of the you know since he had like an eight or nine nine minute fucking speech last year. That's why they have the whole thirty second uh speech now. Um, he made a fucking burn joke. Uh, said yeah, my speech was longer than fucking called Modern Warfare 3's uh, campaign. Uh, and apparently 
that rubbed the fucking Activision's, uh, you know, rustled their jimmies and stuff, and they were, like, online, like, complaining to Christopher Judge. And it's like, dude, it's a fucking joke. Number one, you scan people to to get that, uh, you know, play that fucking single player. You're saying it's fucking amazing, and it's like a three-hour fucking campaign. And it's shit. Um, Yeah. And I like it. Build a better campaign. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's weirder to like be like, oh, we put so much like hard work and devotion, which I'm sure like, people had to do their job and whatever. But at the same time, given the budget and what they're doing and and how that the it's set up, like I mean, it's a giant money pit as it is. So you can't be mad about the criticisms that are there. You're getting your money. Just be happy that you're getting paid. And if you're not, then you fucked up for taking the job. Like that's mm-hmm. that's on you. Go go do something creative independently and take the risk. Yeah, don't do a fucking yearly Call of Duty, you dumb fucks. Um, <laughs> but that's just me. Um, oh, I played. Speaking of dumb fucks, uh, I played Warzone, the Call of Duty Battle Royale, because I tested out my iMac to see if it could handle streams, which it does weirdly. I don't know why, and it's like Wi-Fi. Huh. It's fucking weird. I don't know. <laughs> um. So, I don't know. Sad I times be... in the gulag. Yeah, I I got like <laughs> second place in one of the fucking uh, b- battle royale, and I just go. Oh, that's wow, pretty cool. I, just, I was like, wow, I just wasted my time. Uh, that's how I feel about battle <laughs> so royale. You're gonna now. stream more. People should follow you on Twitch. I yeah. still think I still think in just the grander battle royale concept. I'm still waiting and dreaming and hoping that someone will just make a twisted metal battle royale that that game was literally like it is the perfect slot to make it i'll i'll bitch about it and wish for it until it happens but it's like that would be the perfect game to just throw 30 people in the game and say blow each other up well you know it i I have a feeling that like they'll do something similar which is not twisted metal and they'll go not enough people play it so we're not going to do twisted metal yeah we yeah, tried well, Armageddon it didn't take we're not going to make any more of these sorry guys yeah well they a lot of the companies that have done them did them in a way that they were like cartoony and, and they come off as like uh, again they come off as like they're just ripping off twisted metal or twisted metal was like they'll just be graphic about it i don't know just like it, it can be done right if they just put the work into it but oh well speaking of twisted metal uh, anthony Mackey, who was in twisted metal was also at the Game Awards, and he was fucking drunk out of his fucking mind. <laughs> Hawkeye <laughs> was Captain, drunk? Hawkeye. That's, that's Captain America. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, guys, see? Oh, oh, Twisted Bell get in season two. Hey, oh. And I was like, you're fucking wasted. <laughs> you're wasted as fuck. You guys haven't uh, watched that yet. It was pretty fun. I, I enjoyed it. It was bad, but in a great way. Like, mm-hmm. it was fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time to end this episode. Uh, remember uh, to watch the episodes that I said before, and then we'll talk about it here next week. Uh, I don't think Zach is going to be here next week, correct? I will not. This was a one-night-only event. So <laughs> you'll probably hear his thoughts through one of us uh, somehow. Yeah. Uh, so I guess PP Dubs, take us away. Peace. Thanks for listening. Bye. Why am I waving? I'm going to leave. Hope we learned valuable lessons in these episodes. I love to hear the boys talk about Twilight Zone episodes. 
they always have interesting talking points. Anyways, if you want to catch more Big Trouble in Little Podcast, catch us on iTunes and Spotify and give us a good review. We are also on Twitter, at BigTroubleNet. And if you want, you want to give your opinions and thoughts, and it to be read on the podcast, email us at BigTroubleNet at gmail.com. Hope to hear their fans on the podcast. Until next time, be well, and good day and night.